The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, download their top-rated app, and use promo code RTRS. And brought to you by By Nature Pet Food, made with superfusion and slow cook. Get 20% off your first order of By Nature at Chewy.com by using promo code RTRS20. And brought to you by the sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter, Stateside Vodka. Get yours at statesidevodka.com. On the show today, it feels so familiar. A Sixers win with much consternation during it. Sixers beat the Wizards in the opener. We'll talk about that. Our latest reading of the James Harden tea leaves, how much money Daryl Morey might save the Sixers, and Daryl Morey's daughter, Karen, uh, wants to make some Sixers documentaries and is looking for ideas. I think this could be one, this one right here. Uh, Before we get going, if you're listening to this podcast, you can watch it as well. Do you want to watch us talk? With neat graphics, you can do it. Subscribe to YouTube. If you're watching YouTube, 60% of the people watching aren't subscribed. We need to get that number down. Smash that subscribe button right here. It's my Jake Paul bit. I don't think that you need to smash the subscribe button. (laughs) Smash it. One host thinks you should smash it. The other host thinks you should just listen because it's a podcast. (laughs) Give me... Give us the likes and smash that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. All right. Um, and there's a new Carl Landry Record Club pod out right now. We talk about Liz Fair's Exile and Guyville, Gems Finally Woken, and Bad Books is Two. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Next week, a two-hour pod of the best music of 2020 with me, Mootlu, uh, AU, and Jason Lipschitz. Just subscribe wherever you get your podcast, the Carl Landry Record Club. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin along with a guy, Izzy, my wife. Izzy, my daughter. No one knows. That's Mike Levin. We're back. <laughs> we are. Feels, we are. feels like home. Feels like home. It, you know, Daryl Morey comes in. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. He's vibing hard. We bring in Doc. He's doing his thing. We get new players. He's all those assistant coaches, fancy ones, names you've heard of. Yep. Former rivals. Yep. And uh, they're still the Sixers. Yeah. No matter There's what they do, they put on the jersey, they put on the friggin' polo or whatever, and they're the Sixers. And it, it is a force more powerful than anything they've <laughs> ever encountered before in their lives. And. Uh, welcome. Welcome to them. We're in crunch time. Oh, look, there's Ben in the dunker spot. 
<laughs> it's here we are. Here we are. So um, uh, I want to start off with the very beginning of the game as Ben and Joel, the two most unhappy uh, bell ringers, I think, in the history of. Well, what bell are you ring. ringing a bell for with no fans there? Come on. <laughs> I respect them going all out, even though, because you know I what? Guess. There's Here's no good what options. I yeah, I if because eventually, you know, if in May or whatever, there are fans there. I guess it's good for the entire pregame crew to have been ramped up and going. I guess I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think we got to start. I want to start with a good thing. I want to start with Shake Milton. We good okay. with that? Sure. So. Uh, he was, you know, I, down the stretch, it was it was pretty clear that it was him and Joel that were not only the most important players on the floor in terms of the offense, but I think the most willful and confident as well. Well, they um, both played the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, and and they, you know, like Shake did not look out of sorts or out of place at any time. Uh, nope. And, you know, there were moments last year where because his handle isn't super tight, he would get harassed and would look a little iffy in those situations. But uh, he was super important, you know, and it was the ball in his hands, you know, for the last five minutes of the game. Um, and he was he was excellent. And I know and we're going to go through this over and over and and maybe you'll you'll change your mind if they continue to the offense continues to struggle with that starting lineup but like i know it's the the closing lineup that counts but the points at the beginning of the quarters count too and you know they're not always going to look like this but it is striking having a guy who can shoot and dribble competently with the starting lineup how different it makes it you know and i i just i think it would be better if he was there at the beginning of the game in the beginning of the second half i really do he was great and and it it doesn't look like he was a flash in the pan or or anything like that like it looks like he's legitimately good and um he's going to be an important player this year uh yeah i, I you're not going to get me to care about the starting lineup. Whatever they want to do well, is, is fine. Well, but, the, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, it's not just, it would be one thing if I was saying, hey, these are the names they put on the marquee. I know that doesn't matter. But when the, like when the starting lineup struggles offensively because they don't have anybody who can do what he does, I think that's meaningful. It's not like just they're putting a, a center out there. You know what I mean? It's not like the, Oh, we're going to start this guy, this center, for three minutes, but then we're going to play, not play him again the whole rest of the game. I don't know. It just seems like they're missing that skill set pretty obviously. In the yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Seth played pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't definitely think he's bad. I think he's definitely yeah. like you know slow and small, um, which makes it harder to get a shot off. He had a floater tonight. I think that was that's going to be very necessary because if he stops to pull up, guys are pretty easily able to catch up to him, um, and he can, certainly can't finish over or through or or really around anybody. So it's going to have to be able to just hit shots at sort of that middle distance to get, to get where he needs to get, but just him being on the floor is good. Um, Yeah. Look, I love, I love shake. I think it's all, it should also be mentioned that he covered Bradley Beal for most of the fourth quarter and a lot of the game. That's a huge vote of confidence. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
and didn't look it, bad. Yeah, no. you can't. Guard yeah, I mean, Beal's incredible. Beal. Beal's an incredible yeah. offensive player, mm-hmm. and and he's gonna get where he's gonna get where he wants. But I, I thought it looked pretty good on him. Um, running pin, pick and roll for crunch time in the last minute. You know, drawing contact, not just like driving in and like getting whacked or anything, but like drawing the contact mm-hmm. on. Uh, it was Isaac Isaac Bongo, who's a good defender, but obviously not like a veteran type of player. Um, but like Shake forcing the issue and getting that call was is huge and, and got to the line. Um, and I, we said on the podcast before, but like people are selling out on his three. Like he had a couple threes early, and then that just like allows him to pump and go. And it's just it's he's 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 great. He's on the best contract in the league, probably. Um, so we have both on the we team. We have both best best contracts in the league. Well, uh, I was going to say we, um, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I would say that uh, the other thing about Shake is he's always he seems to be very smart. I don't necessarily like he plays at his own pace. Obviously, that's like the most noticeable thing you, you get when you watch him. The shot is consistent, and he's using that to his advantage. But he doesn't play. He's not like incredibly smart with the ball in his hands always. Like it's, I'm not like wowed by him manipulating the defense or whatever quite yet. I think he's on the road to being better at that. But uh, what I've been really impressed by is like him on out of bounds plays. It seems like he really sees the court well, both when he's the inbounder and also like cutting to the ball. Um, he's great. I lo- I I love him. I uh, when he gets. A pick and roll, and he's and he either goes behind the the if they go behind the screen, or he roll he he he's driving like going left with the rolling big. It's like you just got to pick your poison, and it's so nice to have a pick your poison player on our team, where you know he's got to get stronger, he's got to be able to like finish inside more. It'd be nice if he if he like dunked a couple times, so like he's not having to lay it up softly and stuff, but. It, there's just a lot of uh, really a lot to like about his game and you know he's a plus 33 uh, <laughs> he's he's very very important to this team he's probably the third most important player in the team it's uh it's really nice and it's a it, what a gift it is that they lucked into this guy in the late second round that they didn't trade up for it's not like they were like okay we'll draft Landry Shaman and we'll like go and get this guy cuz he's available cuz we love him they stayed put at whatever 50 i think 4 54 that they were at well and, and also also nice that we didn't lose him in some roster crunch because he didn't look good right away you yeah know? and all, well they didn't have Stauskas and Okafor to, to make sure that they had a roster spot for um <laughs> it's just really it is I'm very happy on the team I want to just give him more money like Tobias should just be like here's 10 million dollars like Tobias should like the, if Tobias was as good of a guy as we're as we're led to believe he is he should give shake 10 million dollars he should televise it it should, we should be able to watch. It needs to be like an event series. It's a uh, it, he has to like I'm. I'll let him. I'll let Tobias like decide if he wants to do it on his own. But if he doesn't decide within the next like couple weeks, I'm gonna like show up at his door and be like Tobias, give shake, give shake ten million dollars. Yeah, it's like Maxi has to go get the food orders and and Tobias has to go get ten million dollars for shake before the trip. It's uh, not like, yes. Tobias, like he's making thirty four million. Do- All right, let's talk about Tobias. I it's just. Okay. He's so over the course of the past couple of days, I forget when it was. Doc was like, "We just need him making quicker decisions, not getting into his." I think he says like his like Tobias plays, and it's like calling the plays that we don't want you to do Tobias plays Tobias or whatever plays. it was. Yeah, it remarkable. Like, dog, he's so bad. He's so bad. He's not. He's not bad at thirty four million. He's bad at like 
the mini mid level. Like he's awful. And maybe he, maybe he like gets back to where he was like some, whatever. But like right now, these three games that we've seen him play this season have been so bad in so many ways. He had three drives in a row at one point charge missed floater short by about a foot and a half charge. Yeah. Charge. Yeah. He had a missed putback dunk that he tried to do with one hand, like over the, like, cartoonishly missed everything is so he's they didn't like give him the ball in his hands that much but every time he got it it was like he's doing the you know carmelo 2006 stuff um he did take a couple quick threes great but he missed him because he's not a good catch and shoot player like the the thing that he's best at at this point is helping guys off the floor when they fall down and that's a nice skill i'm sure it's great for morale very helpful but like, mm-hmm. I mean, 30, 34, 35 million dollars a year. I would like, I would like someone that can do a little bit more. And I just, well, just a, the a good, remarkable the good thing, news like, is remarkable thing that they gave him that much money, and I'll never get over it. I'll the good thing it. is, the good thing is, quicker decision. Each each year, for the next three years, his salary is going to go up. That's right. Yeah. So quicker and, decisions. And, we just need to teach this guy's brain to be better. Well, when he plays. So he is a eight, pretty ninth good, year in the league. Maybe you'll in, learn. In the, what the in, fuck? In, uh, if, if we back it up a bit, he's uh, a pretty good player. He's, I, don't, I don't think so anymore at this point. Well, but okay. So he's had three, two preseason and this, really bad games. Um, I, I, I think it's possible that he is aware of – there are some players in, in the league now, in the history of the league, that have been way overpaid and probably truly don't give a fuck. Like are like, you know, fuck it. I don't care. Um, you know, I I earned it. Whatever. I think there is probably something going on in his mind where I would imagine he is like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stressing isn't the word, but like I imagine I mean, he every every everybody he's, everybody's he's, got that it, at all time. Don't make me feel bad for him. No, no, no. I I'm just ex- explaining like. I almost want to just for, forget about him and maybe he'll at least get back into being normal because I do think he could be a helpful player, but he looks as bad as he's looked since he's been here. I mean, just terrible, just completely. Um, I mean, everything takes long, everything, uh, and it's all wrong and none of it works. He does look terrible, absolutely terrible. All right, Mike. It's everyone's favorite time, favorite award time for Mike to give out the by nature soft shit award. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So earlier today, I'm talking to Mike from by nature and I go, the best part about the soft shit award tonight will be when I bring it up and Mike has no idea that he has to give the award. Not a chance. All right. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Does it have to be within... uh, Basketball or the no. Sixers specifically? Anything. No, I would say, I would say to keep by nature out of controversial topics, <laughs> but you know, um, it's a lot of power to give me. Yeah. Well, here while you're thinking about it, what I will say, and I'm going to come to you after this, is the reason we have the soft shit award by nature super fusion. What does that mean? This is super healthy food for your dog or for your cat. They use how is it healthy? Super fusion is premium. Uh, like like products in the food. 
premium proteins, super ingredients, apple cider vinegar, spinach, blueberries, ginger, coconut oil, and they slow cook it. Remember, your pet uh, metabolizes food real quick. They have a short digestive tract. So by cooking it slowly, they get more nutrients. And here's the best part. This comes back to the soft shit award. If uh, you're going to pick up after your dog, you want it to be a nice, firm, easy to pick up. You don't want it to be soft. Used by nature, no soft shit. You're gonna have the the firm stuff. So, Mike, who gets the soft, sh- the by nature pet food soft shit award? I feel like I just have to go chalk and say Tobias. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> you were trying not to do it. <laughs> um, the slow cooking promotes uh, immune system support, skin and coat support, heart and brain, uh, hip and joint health, and uh, you get your pet by nature. We put them in the good boy or good girl club. Uh, on the uh, Rights Ricky Sanchez uh, website. We had a bunch of new ones. A cat named Hinky is a, a good boy club. Bridger, good boy club. Uh, Maxwell, good boy club. Bodie, good boy club. And Polly, good girl club. Very, very, very cute pictures. Um, use the promo code RTRS20 at Chewy for your first by nature pur- purchase rtrs20 you're gonna get 20 percent off again rtrs20 at chewy.com you'll get 20 percent off by nature it is really good for your pet dog cat whatever kind of dog cat you have big small whatever breed by nature is perfect no, the company that owns by nature 40 years family run no recalls ever um just amazing. So again, go to Chewy.com, use promo code RTRS20 when you buy by nature. Uh, no soft shit, super fusion, slow cooking, all that. Uh, by nature pet food. Uh, back to the Ricky. I I'm going to posit a totally insane, like a thing that you're going to hate. You're absolutely going to hate it. You're going to hate it. You're going to be so mad. And this is unsubstantiated. It's unverified. It's pure speculation because I'm like watching him is absolute torture. I think he got COVID over the summer. I think his brain is different. Like I, it's, it's he's absolute. It's right. so evident. Like something is not right. It's he's just it's wrong. Like it's just all wrong. And if that's the case, I feel worse. I feel bad that I am going so hard at him. But holy shit, it is a it is really truly torturous I, watching him. He is quickly vaulting up the rankings. I, like, obviously, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Everybody likes him. He's a great guy. I love him. <laughs> Tobias is the best guy. He's so important to the community. He's so helpful. And lo- loves the rookies. And Oh, what a nice thing. But, like, it is shocking watching him play, seeing how utterly useless he is in so many, in multiple ways all the time. I'm so glad that he wasn't on the podcast ever so that I don't have to feel like we can't I- say it. And by the way, here's the the truth is is that being a good guy is wonderful until you suck, <laughs> and then it doesn't matter. Or be a good guy on the bench, yeah. like if you know. Here's the if, worst. If B-ball Paul, my guy B-ball Paul Paul Reed was a great guy and like never made it to, like wasn't like a really NBA player and was on a two way and like barely played right. and came in at crunch time and sucked. It'd be like, oh, that's so much fun. Norvell Justin Powell, Anderson, great, totally fine. Be yeah. a great guy, but you can't be a great guy and be in the starting lineup at suck. The the worst part about him or, or his existence is that all this talk, and we'll get to the Harden stuff later, but the reason that they are in a position to potentially have to trade their second best player, Shake Milton. No, their their second best player, Ben Ben Simmons, is because of the Tobias trade and subsequent contract. 
because they do not have a cap slot. Like they are at the cap with those three guys. They don't have a cap slot really for a, a, like a third high level player because of Tobias Harris and that contract being there. And it's untradeable. And they traded two first round picks, Shake Milton, and two second round picks Landry. to get him. Uh, yeah. What did I say? Shake. Shake, yeah. And Landry Shamit uh, for him. Who if is still with the organization that made the decision to trade for Tobias Harris and sign him to the biggest contract in Sixers history? Well, they're like the sixth biggest contract in like NBA history, I think. Right. Yeah. Who is still? I, who, do you know who is who is still there? I need to. There's been too many iterations just, of the team. Just I Elton. can't remember. Well, Elton and Ned, but Ned didn't have anything to do do with it. So I don't know who made the trade. I, like, I, I need some know. leaks about it. I need people to like leaking about like blame someone. It's fine, but I need people to be leaking that like they had nothing to do with it. And like I want I've, I want Ned Cohen talking to like Tim McMahon and telling him like I've never even met Tobias. Like I don't even know the guy. <laughs> I don't know who he is. I need that. I yeah, need I, I want, and I, I honestly like let's pin the Tobias Harris, like, like let's pin the Tobias deal on like Howie Roseman and just like get them both, like just get them out, just like get them out, please go. <laughs> well, Clentac, I mean, that's Klintak's, fine. Clentac yeah. also great. Get them out, everybody. Oh my god. Uh, I imagine so. The uh, the real quick corner three newsletter comes out tomorrow. I imagine Zoe Zoe is all over Tobias tonight. Please. So I, Something tells me that Christmas Eve corner three is going to be full of Tobias. I read the uh, newsletter every morning when I go to the bathroom for the first time. I sit there. I sit for a long time. I obviously stay seated when I, while I wipe and right. I read the newsletter first thing in the morning. And it's great. Subscribe. And by, so subscribe right to rickysanchez.com slash newsletter. If you were subscribed before, um, I think it was last week. And I feel like Zoe knows that I read it while I'm shitting. I think he knows. <laughs> that, I think inherently that's why he, he writes knows for that. that. That's right. Yeah. Um, if you were if you were part of the newsletter, we gave out I think 154 pound bags of by nature pet food just to try it on the newsletter. Um, so subscribe at right to rickysanchez.com slash newsletter. It is brought to you by Stateside Vodka, distilled seven times, gluten free, kosher, carb free, fucking delicious. Great for the holidays. Pick it up on Christmas Eve for the holidays, as you said, for New Year's Eve. You're going to be sitting home anyway. Made right here in Philly. You can get it delivered anywhere in PA or DC, or you can pick it up curbside at statesidevodka.com or your local PA wine and spirits. Must be 21 to uh, enjoy. Please drink responsibly, Stateside Vodka. Um, what do you want to do next? Banner Joe. Uh, I love that opening night where we lead with Shaken Tobias. Yeah. Uh, Let's go with Joel. I mean, like he was he was absolutely like nowhere for the first half to like three quarters of the game. Wasn't really doing much. Was like kind of struggling in the post a little bit. They were doubling him pretty hard. Uh, he had that one really nice. I love that he've got his first dunk, uh, first bucket on a lob from Ben. I want to see that more often. That's something that we're monitoring of like how much how many easy looks he gets of that. By the um, way, I, I wrote that down. I, I feel like that's the the first lob I've seen Joel dunk in. Two years. I like. I, I mm. can't even remember the last Joel Lob. Can Not you? many, but sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I love the step back, the step back pump fake that, uh, on the three that he got Tobias mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Bryant. Everyone, everyone bad is Tobias Harris in my mind. He's just I like, can't even get off my brain. Uh, that he got Tommy Bryant to 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 bite on, um, but he was like holding the ball too long in the post. They were doubling him from like kind of both sides, which I guess is a triple. Um, and he turned the ball over a couple times, but then they duck 
Doc comes in, he puts in like only the Joel and Shooters lineup for a while. Yeah. So it was after, so the first half of the third quarter was a disaster. They yeah. didn't score until six minutes left. Yeah, and then they go, so they go Shake, what was it? Shake, Mike Scott, Ferk, and, 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 and Seth Curry. And you could see the space in which he had to operate. They would put him sort of, you know, 12 feet away, um, facing up. And there was just no one around him. Um, and he just fucking ate, ate. Like it was indefensible, really. I mean, it was um, – there is a difference, you know? And that isn't to say that Ben and Joe can't be successful together. But when all – when the four other guys on the court can shoot, there's a difference, you know? Yeah. And it gave, I mean, gave him it, the opportunity to get going. I, I'll just say like – Washington's defense looked good, which is obviously an mm-hmm. indictment on us. Um, mm-hmm. I like Thomas Bryant. I think he's a good player. I think he's uh, he has some growing. big rebounds actually. Um, but I would say that like the decision to stop doubling Joel just because there's shooters out there was the wrong decision. Like it was a really bad decision, and it was never rectified because once Joel was not getting doubled, he just went after it every time it was it was turned face up like the the mid-range jumper was working he was uh pump faking and like dipping in for a little layups inside he didn't get fouled as much as i thought he probably did um or usually does or will um he only had one preseason game so it's not not like he's in in prime form but yeah, i didn't see the rip through move yeah re- really he wasn't fully he wasn't all the way uh yeah. uh showing his diversity of uh of of uh, of moves down there but yeah i mean he played the entire fourth quarter i think he came in with like 11:40 to go in the fourth quarter or something and was just in the whole time and i think that's a uh they just kept going to him and doc just being like go go after him and and for washington to not double him there is is wild i think washington's a playoff team i think they're like a they're, they'll be in the playing playing game um so i don't think this is like so embarrassing that they were no. that this game was closer than it than it should be but um Really, uh, to me, inexplicable, but nice to see that Joel can just like can do that. Like we can have a fourth quarter offense that, you know, Shake was operating a lot. I think they get they let Seth do some dribble handoffs and stuff. Um, but for the most part, that was that was Joel offense time, like all fourth quarter, and it's it's nice to see that being successful for an extended stretch. Joel had uh, 29, 14. The 29 points were on 17 shots, eight of nine uh, from the free throw line, one of one from uh, from three. Uh, I, you know, Danny Green, uh, not to jump, but Danny Green like barely played. He yeah, some seemed up. He, he, yeah. he wasn't good. He was he was like hesitant from shooting. Yeah, he he wasn't. He just wasn't doing much. So I don't, I don't know if it was a <clears throat> if it was a uh, injury or something or if it's just like. I, I really don't know, but uh, yeah, Shake got they, him and Shake were never on the court at the same time. They Shake got his minutes, so um, I think that'll happen sometimes. That happened in with the Lakers last year. Like Danny started, and then like KCP would finish a lot of those games. Um, so I don't think it's not unusual, but he was really like a non non factor after playing a, a really good preseason. Um, ben was okay. Um, I like I. You know, I was I was thinking about it earlier when I was thinking about him and the Harden thing. Is like 
we, we will never know this whole thing about him being a point guard or whatever. Like we'll never know who wanted that or, or why, why it's been such a, a, uh, an issue. And I think, but what I, I do think that the fact is, is that he is so, I think, miscast in that role that it, it puts, like it makes him seem like he is not as good as he is. And even if he was to shoot corner threes, right? Like let's say he shoots corner threes. Let's say he shoots four of them a game. That, that still doesn't make him like a lead perimeter playmaker. It basically makes him like a power forward. You know, that's that's who that shot, that's who gets that shot. Um, he, I think if he were to accept it and do that and had like a perimeter playmaker, he would be a really excellent, really, really excellent player. Um, but even, even in a world where he's playing with four guys who are shooting half court offense, I still don't know what it is. Um, he had, you know, a great block. Um, he was in the the right place for that dunk. Um, his aggressiveness seemed to come and go. Uh, he, he looked a little sulky to me. I don't know. I mean, look, if, if rumors are swirling around like me about that every day, I'd probably be. Uh, way sulkier so I don't know he was okay I thought yeah I mean I think he looked like Ben I think uh, he two games in a row he's taken like a pretty relatively early jumper and then kind of hasn't gone with it the rest he, yeah. he had a quote after they the game that. they said like Dwight is really pushing him to um, be better and put work in and, and get to be as good as he can be um, which I'm sure means a lot because Dwight played with LeBron last year Um well, the, yeah. There was a quote from uh, the Jackie McMullen article that that uh, Ben Ben said Doc pushes me like so I'm paraphrasing, but like Doc pushes me, he like takes it right to me. He said, "Are you going to the fucking rim or what?" A couple times, which I love. I thank you, Doc, for saying that. Uh, and he did. He got to the rim a lot a couple times late in the game, off the dribble in the half court, uh, which is relevant because he's always like you know a menace going downhill in transition and stuff, but. Um, I think that that's something that he's been improving steadily, and it's nice to see that. Um, the, you mentioned the recovery block on Thomas Bryant, uh, meeting him at the rim. That was a huge play. Um, yeah, that play that play that uh, Washington's kind of scrambled on that last play uh, that kind of decided the game where Seth found uh, Ben in the dunker spot. I think it was like an Embiid-Seth pick and roll that they, like Russell like helped off of Ben to go right to go to MB because he's just kind of ball watching. And then Ben was kind of just standing right under the rim. Um, that was off a of doc timeout. And so, and Embiid celebrating behind as he's make, there's a good picture of that uh, as Ben is uh, finishing that dunk. I, th- I thought he was Ben. I, I, I didn't, I didn't see like any like crazy new stuff, but I think he's like, he's a good player. I think he's helpful. I think that the team is, um, it's not his, like, he's not like a lead Ball handler in half court, we know that. We're not I don't think anyone's doing the like, is he a point guard conversation anymore? Like I think we're all pretty clear on it. Like he's a he's a unique player. He does what he does. It'd be nice if they had a guy who, you know, if Tyrese Maxey was like twenty six and like a little better and he just was the starting point guard on this team, it'd be like, Yeah. So Ben sometimes does things from the four and sometimes he like runs the offense a little bit, but like that's what he does. But the the fact that the Sixers don't have that guy and haven't for years uh, sort of puts him in that position where his weaknesses are a little bit more exposed. But I think he's, you know, putting him or anybody really into this kind of like box. He's an excellent player. 
Um, he's physical and active on defense. I, I love I love when Ben is covering a guy that he doesn't respect and just kind of like takes the ball from him. Um, and at least just like pushes him around a little bit. I think that's that's kind of cool to see as a as a guy that you know he's still pretty young, and so uh, to be already like sort of offended when lesser players have the ball in his face. Um, yeah, I mean this team has weaknesses, and Ben is not solely capable of uh, fixing those. Um, but I think he's I think he's a really good player, and uh, well. Yeah, I think that it's just he, he is he is who he is, and I, and I think he's slowly not as not not dramatically, but like slowly adding things to his game, and we'll see how confident he gets in in his jumper and going to the rim and going to the line more often and all that stuff. Let, let's table that. I want to get. Well, let's bring that back up when we get back to the Harden thing because I want to. Um, uh, and then Maxi looked great. Um, loves passing to Mike Scott, uh, Tyrese. Max. Who doesn't? Just fucking loves it. I'm sure Mike uh, Scott is always so happy when he gets the ball and gets but, to shoot. Well, I mean, he he was the so Shake is the first guy off the bench, and then it's Ferk and Maxi. Uh, I don't did Thibault even get into the very end of the game when he fouled Beal? Was that the first time Thibault was even in? Uh, they did they did offense defense with with Seth a couple times, which I also love and respect Doc for doing because you know I'm an offense defense guy. Why not use it? Um, I think that'll be useful uh, for him to be doing that from time to time coming in and like ends of quarters and you know intense moments like that um yeah i shake i mean Maxie's Maxie's awesome <laughs> like he's yeah there's there's no reason i had him i forget like seventh or six or seven something on my board um there's no reason why he fell to 21 i think this is like the the kind of thing where like the long um gap between up uh, like before the draft happened I think Mm -hmm. probably hurt his stock a little bit because he's just like, he's just like a player. Um, There's not anything. If you isolate one part of his game, I think you're probably not going to come away being like, Oh, that's like a, you know, top 10% elite NBA skill, but just like you watch him play and he didn't get to do it that much at Kentucky. And he is already a way better, like floor general passing point guard than I thought he would be. Um, he is he's making the easy pass, but he's also making the like whip across court. Like he has vision, and that's really nice to see because that's like, you know, the you that's the thing that I, I get most excited about basketball. It used to be defense, now it's passing. Like you you can really like when when a guy sees the court and can manipulate things and um can just like get guys the ball in spots that they're not, you know, the defense isn't expecting them to be able to make that pass that just like get so many more easy buckets and stuff. And he's, he was cut here. I love that little give and go with Dwight um, baseline when he went finished with the baseline up and under. Uh, he had that little like sort of what I was talking about. I think last podcast where I was like, shake needs to kind of get in that middle area, that Chris Paul area of the, of the mid range. Like Maxi's already kind of doing that with like floaters and like little like push shots and crafty finishes. He had that like sort of like curling, like looping, like a little righty runner uh, in the lane there. I, yeah, he did have that one uh, sort of fuck it pull up. Uh, oh yeah, three seconds in, into the shot clock from twenty eight yeah, like from the logo. Yeah, <laughs> with Joel on the floor, which I thought was an odd choice, but I was like, all right, let's shoot it. I look forward to him uh, hitting his first three, and I I definitely need that. But uh, I mean, for a for a for a freshman that didn't get to that didn't come in as like the most polished guy that was kind of playing a little out of position at Kentucky, 
you know, legs, our, our boy legs said like reference drew as a touchdown because drew also played out of position at UCLA yeah, behind Darren Collison, played, played uh, two. His, his freshman year. Yeah. He played the two. Um, and so like, you know, you, what, what you were expecting him to come in as was like a little bit different. And I think there's, there's, they're pretty similar players. I think, I think Drew's a better defensive player and, and bigger and, and, and longer, but, and probably a, about, I would say a little bit better shooter coming in, but about the same. Um, but I think, I think Maxi might have more vision coming in. And I think that's, it's really exciting of like, Hey, this guy that like fills the exact skill set that we kind of have needed for years. He felt us at 21 and we have him on a rookie contract for four years. Like that's really nice. Yeah. And, uh, his existence allows you to start shake Milton. Um, you have anybody we're honestly, else? Like, we're honestly like Stark Maxi. <laughs> like, just start uh, him right now. He's a point guard. Bench Tobias. Have him just like teach literature at like Penn. Like, what a nice time that'll be. Uh, Maxi Curry. Green. Yeah, he's, he's an avid reader. He uh, holds a book. I don't know that. He loves hey, to read. Big yeah. time reader. Um, I, I love Maxi. I think he's, 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 he's such a fun guy to watch and root for. I love him in the zero. Like, he, one time he, he threw the ball to the ref, like, after he, I think he stepped out of bounds and then the ref was moving and didn't see it. And so then like Tyrese like went and picked it up for him and like handed him the ball. It was like, he's just, he's great. He's, I'm very happy that he's on the team. Uh, a quick wizard's note, uh, like Westbrook looked like Westbrook to me mm-hmm. mostly, mm-hmm. but it, I don't like what it does to Beal. Like if I'm a wizard's guy, it's just like, that. there's so much Westbrook and like it, it really minimizes a guy that scored like thirty three points a game last year. Um, he deal is so good. I just, I don't know. I would split that up a little bit better. I, I know that's not what Westbrook does, but um, it feels I, like they're wasting Beal. I agree, and I also you could say a similar thing about Benadryl a little bit, in that like Benadryl's minutes seem to be overlapped, which Doc also did with uh, George and Kawhi last year. Um, now the, the all bench lineup that the Sixers ran kind of kept them in the game in the second quarter, um, like really looked very good. And the bench was like excellent for, for most of the game. Um, like Korkmaz looked really well, really good. I think he was playing like great defense on a bunch of different guys, Beal, Neto, Westbrook, moving his feet, staying tall, not fouling. Um, and just like moving the ball. Well, Mike's got like everyone, like Dwight, it does what Dwight does. I, I absolutely have come to respect like his role on this team. And, and yeah, as, like, I'm a fine with competent Dwight, yeah. veteran guy. He's going to get a double technical in every single game. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wonder like the, the Sixers depth was not a strength that people were identifying coming into the season. And so when that bench lineup is not as good as, you know, when they look when they look more lost and the starters are actually playing well, God willing, um, it'll be it'll be a little bit like, hey, why are why are we dying on this with these like, you know, Korkmaz is the number one option minutes when Embiid and Simmons are off the court. Um, so I, that's something to monitor for for Doc uh, going forward. And last thing is I thought Firk looked good. Yeah. I mean, I just thought he looked solid. He yeah. looked like he belonged. You he's know? like he he looks like he belongs. I think on both ends. I think he has like gotten his body to a place where he's he is able to compete defensively. Um, I think he sees the floor well on on both ends. Uh, I think he was like, reading the pass, passing lanes a couple times on D. Um, I just think he's he's got a really good handle for spacing and vision and stuff. His floater is bad. Uh, yes. I want it to be better. I would love for him to have some of that like little like 
Dario European craftiness. Um, I think it's capable of being there, but uh, maybe there's some opening night nerves and stuff. But uh, yeah, I absolutely, absolutely belongs. Did you notice that the uh, the defense for the Sixers, you know, you could tell Embiid just hated playing like drop pick and roll. He just like hated allowing good shooting point guards like Kemba Walker yep. or whatever to Shoot. just step right into wide open 16-footers. Mm-hmm. Jeff Teague shoots 98% on those mm-hmm. against Sixers. It didn't seem like that was happening as much tonight, um, except against Westbrook, who they're fine letting take those shots, although he hit some of them. Um, and it, it, I think that the defense was, you know, the, a couple of guys lost. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take time for them to like play cohesively, but I was, I was relatively happy with the, the quality of looks that Washington was getting. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, 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 I guess the only thing with Westbrook is they did play pretty far off him. Mm-hmm. When he steps into like 17 or 18 footers, he's pretty good, seems like to my eye, a pretty good shooter there. Um, I thought they were a little lax on him sometimes, but I guess I'd rather have that than him driving past. Yeah, for sure. There were a couple times when it's like, just get a hand up. Like Embiid, I think, yeah. like does a little taunting type of thing where it's like, fine, I'm not even going to try it. But uh, I think and ultimately it, you're happy with that. The Firk thing that I like is that Firk can catch the ball here and release it here. Like Firk can catch the ball high at, at uh, for a three and release it high. Like he doesn't need to reset. Like he, he almost shoots it just from the elbow up and it seems like he uh he's just got a quick high release you know yeah. which yeah he had a very nice and Bede kicked it out to him one time and it was a wide pass and he sort of pretty quickly like caught it gathered went up with it as the defender was closing out and hit it and that was it's it's nice like having guys on you know they should have obviously picked up his option but like having guys on minimum deals rookies like the rookie contracts is just really really helpful when do you remember playing. when when he he requested a trade? P- push push for a trade mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a little a little less dramatic than the hard and stuff yeah. but they, they were just like what no <laughs> it's just it was just no it yeah. was just like okay all right pal it was the like the youngest you know family of six like the like six-year-old kid in the back <laughs> like the backpack with the luggage yeah. Just being like, hey, can I pee? Shut shut up. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> uh before we get to Harden, an email, and and I think now that the season has started, this is a good question. I think this is for you. This is your expertise. This is from Dan. Spike and Mike love the pod and the addition of MOC's film breakdown. Great stuff. By the way, that's on the YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Um, for my mental health, how do you recommend I watch Sixers games this year? A live. B, wait till the game is over, check the box score, watch the condensed game only if the Sixers won. C, watch the condensed game without checking who won, or D, other. What is the optimal way to watch the Sixers? It's tough. And I, you know, I think it depends on your personality. I think mm-hmm. it is a uh they're not a ple- pleasant experience. <laughs> We're not having a good time. We're not, uh, you know, it's bad for our mental health, which is already fraying at a, you know, rapid rate. Um, I think try it out with this team. Like 
today's team, like they're obviously different from the last year's team and you know teams of the past, but it's a similar feeling still, which makes me mm-hmm. think that it's you know Ben and Joel, um, or just the jerseys are a curse of some ancient demon that we awoke. Uh, but yeah, I I think maybe maybe safe bet is wait till it's over, watch the Wins. condensed game or watch yeah. the full game. And I think you could do a, I think if you wanted, you could do a like check the box score or not. But I, I think at least with watching it later, you can like fast forward, like out of frustration, which is, you know, what sucks with league pass is if, if you're in market, you can't get condensed game for like four days or something or three days. It's like while, you yeah. it sucks. Um, anyway, all right. The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented always by DraftKings Sportsbook. I made my official basketball futures bets for this year. Can you tell me what you think of them? I'll give you the odds. Sure. So I, how many bets did I make? Five. Two MVP bets. Uh, Durant at uh, plus 1,300 for MVP and Lillard at plus 1,600 for MVP. I like, I like the Lillard one a lot. Uh, Durant looked really, really good in that first game. I just think they're probably going to rest him a lot. And like with Kyrie there, it just doesn't feel like they're going to give it to him. But I like that little, I think it's a serviceable bet. I think I like the little, little run a lot. Yeah. I, I think if the concern about resting Durant wasn't so much, he would be, it would be short. It, he probably seems like a six to one guy rather than a 12 to one guy. But yeah. Um, uh, Tyler Hero, most improved player at 25 to 1. I never have a good handle on most improved. Yeah. Just feels like what like the it's such an odd award, like the qualifications, and it feels like it's so much about narrative. And it, it does seem like they've gotten rid of the shitty guy to good guy. It seems like you can be good and also win it, though. It, uh, it, before, it almost seemed like a comeback player award, if I remember right. correctly. Yeah. Uh, 25 to 1 feels like there will be a tension on him. I don't know. Um, Obi Toppin, rookie of the year, 6 to 1. Fine. Yeah. and then, they, I mean, they just might not play him a lot. Like, Julius yeah. Randle's going to start, you know. It is starting. And, and then Bam Adebayo, defensive player of the year at 10 to 1. There it is. You like? Yeah. Uh, Basketball is here, buddy. As we found out tonight, basketball is here. Uh, America's top-rated sports book. Another can't-miss offer, DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the return of basketball, they are giving new players 100-to-1 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's right. You get in there. You sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code RTRS. You bet $1. They will give you 100-to-1 odds on any of their featured matchups. Um, remember, college football playoffs are coming, too. Uh, pro football also still happening. Um, big game for us this weekend. Amazingly, four nine and one. We have a a big game that could be in the playoffs. It's unreal. Uh, DraftKings is the only place that you should bet. There was a uh, an Embiid um, boost tonight too. Over uh, plus one hundred, over seven point five points. It was an easy twenty five bucks. Anyway, uh, download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS when you sign up to get one hundred to one odds on any featured matchup this week. That's code RTRS for new players to get a shot at one hundred dollars on any featured matchup this week for a limited time. Only at DraftKings sportsbook. Must be twenty one or older. Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
back to the Ricky. Uh, so more Harden nonsense. Um, we've both given our opinions that we would, you, you're 60, 40, um, do it, um, with Harden. This is basically what it comes down to for me. If you really want to win a championship, you have two options because this, this roster ain't doing it to me. I, that's my opinion is you, if the, if the Harden trade's even available, who knows? I don't know what the other offers are. If the Harden trade is available, you do that, or you have to use first round picks to get off of Tobias this year and hope that you can find a way to get somebody who can fill that role. That seems a little risky to me. Um, Mike, I think those are the only two options, really, if you want to win a championship, is you either have to dump Tobias and wait and and hope that you can keep it together as you wait, or you trade or you you, you get James Harden. Um, and I, I don't see another way around this. Like I don't I don't it doesn't seem to me that Shake Melton or like let's say either Shake Melton or Tyrese Max, he turns into a player, like a high level player that way. It does not seem like that will be soon enough um, to take advantage of what Embiid is now. And that's just sort of we can get into like the shit that Harden's doing now and and how that affects, you know, whatever happens here. But that's sort of where I am on the the team and the Harden situation. I would just do it because I don't know what else you can do. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think the answer is make no trade or make the Harden trade, right? I think right. there are multiple situations that could you could conceive of that's not trading Ben Simmons for Harden or trading Ben Simmons and possibly a bunch of picks for Harden. That- I, I just don't think that they're like a good player away from there. Like, I think that player has to be really good, be really good. That's That's the... That's my concern, I guess. So I don't, I don't disagree, um, in the sense that like their offense. I I just think with the, you watch like regular teams play, and whether that's like, maybe part of it is that like I'm less living and dying on every possession, but like you watch the Kings or, you know, the Warriors even, even though they played bad, like you're watching a bunch of things and it's like wow that's fluid, wow that's movement, all this stuff. The Sixers are never going to be that. Like with Joel Embiid on the team, they're just not going to do it. They, they, he's their best player, and they're going to play fast in transition with Ben. Sometimes moving the ball, but a lot of times it's going to be like slow and occasionally clunky and physical. But the thing is, I think that also other teams look that way against us for the most part when this defense is locked in. Danny Green wasn't playing much or much at all tonight, but I, I think when this defense is locked in, they will they also like grind other people down. Um mostly because of Joel and and Ben. And so I do think that like like if you watched a Boston Brooklyn series, that would be really like exciting, high level offense, fast, not not bad defensive teams, especially Boston, like not bad defensive teams at all, but just the way that the Sixers play defense, I think, is is the, w- the way the Sixers play also makes the other team play that way, I think, a little bit. 
And so in a Sixers Bucks series or something, that would be ugly as hell. Like that would be physical grind post moves, like one on one. Like it would not be the beautiful game stuff. And so, but by the way, I I think the Bucks suffer from a, a similar, not quite as bad situation. Sure. Until but not having seen them this year. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But but I still know who's on the roster. And if you like, that was the problem with making a, a Drew Holiday trade. If you're the Sixers, I think Drew Holiday is good. But am I like, hey, in crunch time in the playoffs, I'm I'm rolling with the ball in Drew's hands. I don't think you're winning a championship that way. Um, and that's the problem they've had up until this point is Chris Middleton is good, but he's not good enough. Um, and, you know, Giannis has a little bit of that Ben thing where all of a sudden in the, the, the playoffs, it's a lot easier They've found it a lot easier to defend him. You, so. so you say this thing that like you're not winning a championship with that person doing that, and I think that's mm-hmm. almost always right because most teams are not winning a championship in any given se- in season. And you look at the history, and it's been LeBron, 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 one season of Kawhi and a very together Raptors team in it against an injured Warriors team, and then the one of the best teams of all time in that Warriors run. And so like. It's easy to say they're not winning a championship because well, teams don't. But hold on. There's, there's, I mean, there's, uh, there are Dirk Mavs, right? And no, I'm just, I'm just saying the last, in the, in the, okay. I would say the modern NBA is the last, like, what, six, seven seasons, kind of? Like, as far as when, when things have really changed as far as the style of play? Uh, yeah. Six yeah. or seven, give or yeah, take? Sure. Um, so it's I, I don't know. Like I think that until the until the Sixers until the next team that is like weird or different, if like if the Bucks win a championship this year, it's 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 gonna be like, well, Giannis is is one of the is one of the best players of his generation and he and he just like brought them there. And that's what we're gonna need Embiid to be. Like I agree that like in a perfect world, the Sixers have a uh perimeter perimeter scorer that can score at all three levels, that has vision, and also is not a pushover defensively. Um, and around those guys, they have shooters that aren't, like, you know, incapable of dribbling, um, that also just have, like, but but I think, like, only one team wins a year. And, like, you could you could poke holes in that Lakers team last year, just like you could poke holes in that Raptors team last year, just like you could poke holes in all the teams that didn't win last year. And I just think, like, I don't I don't know that, I don't know. I think it's just easy to say that that team that those teams are not winning a championship because you know, twenty nine teams don't. And so, well, I think the I, the Sixers are. I don't. I, I'm not looking at this team and being like that's a contender. Like I'm not there yet. I think they're going to need moves to get there. I think things open up more quickly than than we think. Um, and I think as we'll you know as we get to it, I, I think the like hardenism like imploding like there's imploding stuff happening here and and coming into well, a team that has like a tendency to implode on its own and bringing that situation in here yeah it could be a Kawhi thing yes it could be a jimmy thing i'd be lying if i said you know i'm not i wouldn't be worried about it he's going to strip clubs in a pandemic and now the rocket's first game was canceled and it's just like 
It's well, the, the the Rockets' first game was canceled because a bunch of dudes on the Rockets went and got a haircut together. Yeah, for sure. In somebody's apartment. So, but, but if they're getting a haircut, then are they getting a haircut because they're seeing well, fucking James is going out and doing stuff. Well, why shouldn't we? Like, there's, I, I think that it it does unknowable stuff to chemistry, and uh, as the Jackie McMullen piece laid out, and as you know, a hundred other things have have laid out over the last five years of you know content farms for Sixers drama. Like, shit, shit's gonna happen. Yeah, I the the Jackie McMullen piece was boy state sponsored media if I've ever seen it. My, my favorite line was about um, uh, losing, bringing Simmons and Embiid, um, them going through losing together uh, is something that they've shared. And I'm just like Ben Simmons never played on a losing NBA team in his career. I, I don't. I think you might have uh, missed a part oh, you of mean that like the, You mean the process years and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he hasn't played on a, a team that's under 500 for the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, look, I would say even beyond the current era, it is difficult to find a team without a elite or borderline elite perimeter player on it that wins a championship. Um, now, is it possible that – I love Zach Levine, right? He, I, I don't think he's that level. Maybe no. on the right team – Maybe on the right team, he's that level. I don't know. Maybe he is. I, but I mean, but, no one can look at Zach Levine and say like that's a championship elite level. Give the ball to him and get out of the way, guy. Like you can't. Yeah, I guess not. So, and and what I will say is, look, the Harden thing is bad. Bad choices by him. Um, like you know, a, a lot of people mentioned to me, you hated the way that Jimmy Butler got his way out of Minnesota, right? That was shitty too. Yeah, this is way worse than that. Well, I, I I don't know. I like, I think they're both bad. I think embarrassing your teammates in front of the entire country and coaches is pretty bad. What do you Um, mean embarrassing your teammates in front of the entire country? Well, he had, uh, Rachel Nichols waiting immediately after the outside of the practice. Sure, but it's like it was on, it was televised. It was in practice and he was, he was pissed off that they kept giving, they gave Andrew fucking Wiggins all that money and Carl Towns, who should be one of the best players in the league and doesn't play defense. And he was like, why are you paying me? But, that's fine, but he berated he berated his teammates. He made his coach look bad, and then he walked out of the practice facility and told a national reporter what he just did. For sure. So it was shitty. So what all I'm saying is that there is a difference between doing something shitty, which this is, I would agree, and it does bring the risk of bringing whatever shittiness is. And but you said he's like imploding. I think there is a tendency to watch things unfold the way that we watch them within media and and perceive them to be different than they actually are. I, I don't know that it means he's imploding. Like I know that that everyone reports on everything and he wants to get out of there and he wants to make it uncomfortable for them. Um, he's not doing it the right way. I, I don't even think he's helping his cause. I think he's making it harder for the Rockets to trade him because it's driving the market down. I think it's like a bad decision. I would be worried that um, it would blow this thing up. Of course. But what what comes back to me is if they don't figure it out, you know, one thing, it wasn't in this article, I forget which article it was, but it basically pointed out that they didn't hire Ty Lue because Joel Embiid didn't want them to hire Ty Lue. Yeah. Um, and I think you can look at this entire offseason here. I, we've talked about this and mm-hmm. say this was an Embiid offseason. Like yep. They did this for him. And I can tell you that it is my sense that there is a little bit of impatience from that end 
because of the years that they feel like were wasted um, and and the the short window they might have with Embiid. Mm -hmm. And I just worry that um, while there is the chance of it blowing up if hard, I, I recognize that possibility that he's just like, he is a little too fuck it maybe to win a championship. It's certainly possible. But I also look at the possibility like if they don't take advantage of this, one of those two guys is is uh, gone anyway and it might end up worse for us. So for I think sure. that's the hard decision. No, I'm like I, I'm I'm I keep going back and forth. Like I think he's obviously an excellent player. And when when Kawhi was sitting out in San Antonio, mm -hmm. there were people that didn't want him here. There were people yeah. that didn't want him ev everywhere. When, he sat out for a whole year. When Jimmy was doing what he was doing, there were people that didn't want him, like, multiple places, like, over mm -hmm. and over again. And those are the back-to-back -back Eastern Conference champions, those guys. In the first year that they got to the place that they got, they won the Eastern Conference Championship and one of them uh, won an NBA Finals. And so I, I feel it. Like, I That's feel, a good I, point. I, I yeah, feel yeah. the the like desire to be like, it's fucking James Harden. Are we serious? He wants to get out of there. When he comes here, maybe it'd be better. But you really, there's just no way to know because he is alienating his teammates. He has alienated his teammates in lesser ways over many years. Um, By the way, in, we in do a system have that was like built for him. In a system that like he is the system. Like they yeah. like arranged everything for him. He is He is allowed to be late to everything. And he was, and now he's like, yo, the culture here is fucked up. It's like, that's you, man. That's your culture. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure there's things, he hasn't like made the case for why what he wanted to happen in Houston didn't happen. And then what's wrong with it now? It seems like he's just like, yeah, it's just bad here. But it's like, without taking any ownership or responsibility. It's not like he's a young, it's not like he's Kyrie, who I obviously right. don't like. Ky Kyrie, like in Cleveland, he's 31. He's my age. And it's like, I, yeah, I, I go back and forth. I go back and forth all the time. In, in my mind, not knowing, like, you know, it's nice to be able to trust the Sixers front office in a way that we have not for many years. Yeah. Um, Especially in this case, by the way, given who it is and exactly. where that person came given from. Given who it right? is, of course. Um, and yeah. I'm sure Doc has his own opinions, having played, having worked with, you know, a ton of stars over the last, you know, 12 years in Boston and both iterations of the Clippers contending teams. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. I, I would want to know, I would explore other options that are what keeps more of the team intact, maybe trades, uh, future picks with, whether it's with Tobias or with just like a slop of guys, whatever it is, um, to get like a little bit more of a fit thing. But, you know, we talked about fit, coming into this season and we've it's been three games obviously two of them are preseason one of them mb didn't play like we're we're dealing with not that much information here mm -hmm. but i i will say like and i and you obviously agree doesn't look like a championship team yet and really doesn't look that different from from last, last year's team i think yeah. the vibes are good obviously we're, we're big we're huge vibes guys now it's all about the vibes you've um, you've, you've been known as the you're like the body language mr doctor, vibe yeah that's absolutely yeah and so i i think like it could get better but like you know it's and it's early and it was a shortened preseason and shortened off season and we're in a pandemic and all the fun stuff that like maybe it gets better over the course of time and Embiid obviously looks better and everyone seems to be committed uh, to the team and everything more than they were last year for sure for sure but it still it doesn't it's, it still feels like it's missing and 
The question is, is it missing enough where you can like move a couple pieces around and get a good guy that just like open things up? Or is it like we need to get James Harden or we're never winning a championship with Embiid? And and, and right. that's the that's the tough question. It's not an easy answer. Um yeah, that was I'll just give him credit. Kevin basically, you know. That that was his question was about the idea of bringing him here and what the potential um, problems vibe wise was. Um, I, I might as well. We, we got a, a few good hardened emails. Jim from first class, who was actually first class on the way to uh, Indiana. He accidentally got first class. Jim um, from first class. Yeah, that's how he that's how he sends his emails. Wow. Um, he says, with the tweets flying and the rumors swirling, I find myself wondering about Joel's involvement in this whole situation. Do you think he has any say in whether a deal for Harden gets done? Not sure if he has that kind of clout with the new front office that would allow him to veto a trade of this magnitude. What do you guys think? Um, my guess is they probably get a sense from Team Joel what they think. I don't know if there's, it's like, I don't think it's, it's not like LeBron veto power. I don't think he's at that, but I, if they, if they went to him and he was like, absolutely not, do not trade X, I think they would seriously consider, they would say, well, that means that we might not be able to get Y and he goes, fine, don't trade X. I I think they would take that seriously. I think that's where it is. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, And then his, uh, as non-basketball question is just basically talking about us. Uh, is are you aware of another NBA podcast on the same level as the Ricky? I'm talking about another independent podcast about a specific team that is not directly affiliated with another media company. Um, do you know of any? Is isn't there a Lakers one that's big? Lakers something? There a Laker big Lakers podcast? No, I don't know. You don't know. I, don't know. I thought you might know. I'm a, com- um, I'm a television writer. I don't. This is this is what I do now. I pop I pop in. I, I airmail in. And then I, you know, I let, I let everybody else handle the, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm riffing. This is me riffing. Uh, um, Kevin also asked if either of us had seen Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmed, and I thought it was great. I don't know if you've seen it. Mike, uh, the Spike Lee of the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast, Mike Weber, uh, sent it to me, uh, told me to watch it. It's good. You should watch it. And Final Harden email. Uh, oh, this is a good one. This is from Matt. Do you think the Sixers should also weigh their decision on what their competition will likely do? What I mean is that trading for Harden not only gives you his on-court abilities, it also sends Simmons to Houston and out of the East for the next few years. Um, if they don't trade for Harden, he could go to the Nets, the Heat, maybe even the Celtics or a mystery team in the East gets him. Um, that leaves us with our current team and their okay chances now with an extra hurdle in the way. So would you, does that enter into your calculus that if you don't trade for him, Miami does, or if you don't trade for him, the Nets do? Not in a uh, send Simmons to the West way. Mm-hmm. That's not something you could think of. But I, I do think if you're thinking of, oh, if the Sixers think that they are in that you know, hovering around the first tier, which is a loose, a loose tier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there are like clearly defined ones. I think after Milwaukee lost last year and Miami had a good bubble, but like, does that sustain itself? Um, Brooklyn obviously looks very good, like really, really good, but uh, concerns just with with health and stuff. So I think it's, I think there's a vague top six ish up there. I think if you're like, hey, we think we're there. But if Miami goes and gets this guy or if, 
if Brooklyn goes against the guy or, or one of the other ones, then it's like, or, or Boston, then it's like, yeah, I think if it's an either or, I think you, I think you have to factor it in. But ultimately, you have to do what's best for the for your team. But I think if it's like we got to get this guy, so so they don't. Yeah, I mean, I do it in fantasy football all the time. It's got to be the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Got to be. All right. First, I want to talk about uh, this documentary, the the Karen Mori documentary, and then one mailbag question is directly aimed at you, and I need your opinion. So. Uh, Karen Morey, Daryl Morey's daughter, tweets out, um, what do I need to understand about Sixers fans? I can't wait to get to Philly. I asked because I'm wondering what documentary I should work on when I get there. She wants to do a Sixers-related documentary. And aside from documenting the last seven and a half years of this podcast, what do you think would be a an interesting story surrounding... <laughs> Sixers, Can't think of any. Sixers culture. Can't think of any. Don't know any. It's been a pretty uh, uneventful uh, <laughs> most of a decade. I, I mean, there's, you know, it depends on what the what the angle. I mean, the process documentary is going to be made at some point. Whether who's yep. whether it's by, you know, a thirty for thirty type of thing or some more outside whatever. I'm sure there's actually probably multiple that are going to be made. Um, yeah. All better feature us. You know, Joel, just just a straight up Joel documentary. Like he's obviously had a very interesting yeah. and, and occasionally heartbreaking life. Um, there's a ton of stuff. The obviously Burnergate could have its own thing. Yeah, I don't think she would do that one. Probably not. Um, I don't know her aesthetic, so I don't know what what her interest is. But team dogs. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good stuff. I think, or or just you know. Philadelphia has its own share of uh, unique things that could be highlighted in documentaries that don't have to you, do with the Sixers because you know what we I, have enough of I the Sixers, maybe. A, a Philly one. I would love a documentary on – so in movies, they always make the Philly accent sound like New York. Oh, they, terrible. It, it's terrible. I would love a doc on the Philly vernacular and accent. Like I would love a breakdown of Tommy from down the shore and Tony T in uh, in a serious documentary. So the guy who I'm, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but one of the finalists in the Bachelorette this season mm-hmm. is from South Jersey, um, okay, and follows. Somebody tweeted at at both of us about him, and he follows Liberty Ballers on Twitter, so he's like at least vaguely aware of the Sixers internet. Um, yeah. So I'm trying. I'm going to try to get him on the podcast. Uh, oh, sure. And his and before knowing where he's from, you could hear him talk, and it's just like it's very, it's extremely South Jersey. It's just like the yeah. vi- the vibe is baseball player from South Jersey. You're just like, okay, I have a real handle on it. And I, and I just wonder how that, you know, talking to my friends who watch the show also, it's always very interesting. Of like, how does that how does that land with you? How does this like type of person? What are you feeling as you see this human being? Uh, yeah, and it's always very funny. I don't, I don't know if I've ever told on the pod. I remember because I, I don't really have it, much of an accent anymore. When I got to Syracuse, it was – so freshman year, I go to USC. I don't take any journalism classes or anything, no broadcasting classes. Then I go to Syracuse and I took a radio class and I had to record myself and listen back. And I listened back compared to everybody else in the class. And I was like, holy fuck, what is wrong with how I talk? Um, and I changed it that year. I wow. never went back. Just like yeah. that. And uh, one email, I, I really, we have so many great emails. We're going to do like a year-end episode this 
we'll try to get some emails this weekend. Um, but this one, I, I feel like we have to get to because you did address looks a little bit on the last pod. Uh, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com is where you email us. This comes from Brian. I knew the Sixers had hired Sam Cassell as an assistant coach, but it wasn't until I saw him on the bench tonight that I found out they added Popeye Jones too. Mm-hmm. This got me wondering, is team-wide handsomeness or lack thereof the new market inefficiency Maury's analytics have uncovered? Attractiveness was clearly a priority for the last regime. Now, Brett, Allen, Josh are all gone, and Elton is no longer the handsome face of the front office. Is there a benefit to having ugly coaches to lower overall team attractiveness that we're not seeing? Not to mention, we got the uglier Curry. I can't help but think there's something to it. Yeah, I mean, like the last season was like pure fuckboy situation. Everybody off on their own, being hot. They put Matisse on the bench. They put Matisse on the bench, had to. Um, too much vlogging for him. Yep. Uh, yeah, definitely a. Uh, many ugly assistant coaches. I, I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but Ime, Ime Udoka, very handsome man, uh, yes, no longer with the team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think it absolutely is a market inefficiency. And you know, we played Howell Neto tonight, very handsome man, no longer with the team from the Sixers. One, and so I think that yep. uh, I think so far so good. Uh, it'll take some time to sort of peel away just the. Uh, we're hot as fuck vibes that the team carries himself with. But once they come yep. into like, hey, you're sort of underdog, you know, maybe maybe like we're hot, but like got into like a devastating accident type of vibes, like as a full team, not like individual, anyone individual, but like some sort of like, you know, a tragic fire or like a car accident, <laughs> like that made them like, hey, you used to be hot, but now you look like this. Like that play with that level of energy, I think it would, would really help things. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, a good thought. Uh, I I thought today I got to put the request in to have Dan Burke come on the pod. <laughs> I want I want to talk to Dan Burke. I want to talk to him about TJ. I want to talk to him about when he heard the chance, and I want to bring this up to him. Hey, you guys are fucking just nothing to look at. I'm sure he loves that. that yeah, it seems like yeah. it seems like a really uh, genial guy down to hang. <laughs> Um, okay, so the, the Sixers don't play again until Saturday, right? No, we have Christmas off. Um, Saturday night, the Knicks, I believe. Um, it was a loss. So I guess we got to do the pot. I guess we got to do the pot on Sunday, right? Sure. All right. So Sunday morning, that'll be. Uh, I think the last one. Oh no, we have two more before the end of the year. Anyway, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh, be safe. Be ha- happy. Be healthy. Um, love your friends and your family, and take care of everybody. Um, and Sixers won undefeated on pace to go 82 and 0. Another moral loss. What yep. a great, what a great feeling. Ugly yep. win. I just, the, the next time they win in like a very satisfying fashion will be the, like the eighth satisfying win of my lifetime. Like I just well, can't, there's been so few. I was about to say the Christmas game last year against, against the, Bucks, the Bucks, but yeah. you but you remember the, at the last seven minutes of that game, it got a little like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They they hit a bunch of threes. It got close, but yeah, that was that one sticks out. The Clippers game, yeah. The shake the shake Mountain game, yeah. There's not a lot of them. There's, there's a, a couple. A game games that satisfying wins where it's like this is a tough game, and yeah. they won in a very satisfying way. There just haven't there haven't been many. I would say a couple Jimmy Butler games, but even like he like he had a game winner to be like the Hornets. Like that that didn't feel great. Like there's like yeah, there were like it was the Nets too. Too many the, yeah. too many. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely single digits. Like games in my lifetime that have been really satisfying wins. It's it's single. Digits. The the Raptors series, obviously, I think what it was a game three. 
Game three yeah, of the, the Raptors Embiid series wings. with the with yeah. the Embiid uh, windmill dunk in the lane. That's definitely the last satisfying win that I've had in in anything in my life for sure. AU wrote about the uh, 0-18, 15-16 team, and I mentioned I almost cried when they beat the Lakers. I, that felt yeah, so you good know, like they went one and eighteen. Um, all right, we'll talk to you this weekend. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know, lick face. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a plan B.